Can I come? Yes. My name is Kevin. My name is Adam. And I'm Julie. And we are The Real Movie Guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Review, the series where we review and discuss all your favorite movies. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. All right, guys, we've come to the conclusion of James Gunn's presence in the Marvel Universe, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm really upset about it. Uh, it was kind of a bittersweet film. I'm, I'm happy we got a conclusion. And this movie, I, w- I want to start off right away saying I do feel like it is a conclusion to the Guardians of the Galaxy story. Uh, if nothing else comes after this, uh, I'd be absolutely fine with that. I, I think this really is a really amazing send-off to these characters and everything that James Gunn has built in this universe. But... uh I'm going to miss his presence there because I feel like he's the only one that really knew how to write these characters. And I do like the choice here where we decide to focus a little bit on Rocket, who, you know, I think is one of the more interesting characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to be honest, who hasn't also gotten much of a focus, really, besides him just being, quote unquote, a raccoon, you know, that, that shoots a big gun and is really smart and hangs out with a tree. Uh, that's really been his characterization for the most part. And for James Gunn to really focus on this character and flesh him out in ways that, you know, I've known from the comic books myself, but for people to see it on the big screen and it be done. And I think for the most part, a relatively uh, convincing way, I think this movie's phenomenal. I think this was a really great send off and I would argue it's up there as one of the best Guardians films. Uh, is it better than one and two? I think there's a discussion to be had there, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 really will scratch that itch that nothing so far I can say from the Marvel Universe really has been able to do. Uh, Maybe Multiverse of Madness intrigued me only because Sam Raimi was involved, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 truly feels like what these Marvel movies were meant to be, Uh, like really a special event film that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Adam, what'd you think of this one? Were you uh, excited for this release? Oh, absolutely. I it's it's a very sad time that, you know, James Gunn is also moving on to DC and whatnot now and he won't be directing another Guardians movie, so it's kind of upsetting. Um but what we did get I really enjoyed. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think, again, it really scratched a lot of the itches that we wanted to see for these characters and their final leg of their journey. And did you think it felt like very final, this movie? Like a very, like, ended the story for the characters? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. It, it, again, it is really bittersweet. Uh, yeah. Julie, how about you? What did you think on this one? Yeah, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say this was a very bittersweet installment of the guardians of the galaxy you know trilogy um and it's sad to think that we're not going to have i don't know these three movies you know while we saw the guardians and you know other marvel outings it was just such a complete 
story that was told so wonderfully. Um, so I'm very happy with the conclusion that we got, but also sad that it is the conclusion for these characters. Um, and love that we got, you know, Rocket is kind of like the main focus of this movie. Um, and even the fact that it was, you know, parts of his backstory were hinted at in volume one and volume two. So to see it kind of be like that final piece of the Guardians puzzle click into place was, you know, I think very fitting. Yeah, so first off thing I want to say is uh, people who are jumping into this movie, uh, you have to watch one and two of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, there, there's no way around it. Uh, for people who are just trying to jump into this film, uh, you can't do that here. And there, there's some issues I think that we have with that a little bit. So I don't know. I think we discussed it, Adam, when we did the holiday special a little bit. Um, the holiday special felt like a true reform for the Guardians of the Galaxy. It felt like these were the characters that I remembered because I remember when watching Avengers, uh, you know, the end game and those those movies when the Guardians were involved. They didn't feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I think we talked about that a little bit, that the characters felt like they were written somewhat off. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was like they kind of molded them to fit whatever kind of character they needed for that moment. Right. They didn't feel like because James Gunn, I think, really has an intricate knowledge and knows how to direct these characters mm -hmm. and put them in the correct direction here and this movie you can tell and I, it's funny because there's a scene where gamora uh well new gamora i guess you could argue or old gamora depends on how you want to look at it uh Hera and uh star lord peter quill are in an elevator together and they're going back and forth arguing about like what happened to her and he's telling like the whole story uh, I don't know about you, but I felt like that was really James Gunn kind of venting about the process of the Avengers movies and what they did to his story. Because uh, you can tell, like, this, the story that's told here with Gamora not having memory of Peter Quill and essentially reverting back to her old self. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't, I'm curious to see what you think. But I felt like it was a little, he was a little bitter about having to make this big detour and maybe his grand story with these characters. Because to me, it just felt like, again, him having Peter just go off saying, you know, well, this happened because of this reason. And, oh, it's so stupid. And then you have um, Nebula in the corner going, yeah, well, that, that, that's kind of how it happened. You know, I, I don't know. Did you guys feel like it was a little bit bitter when they were kind of giving that off? How about you, Adam? Did you think that was kind of, that's how I felt personally. Yeah, it felt uh, I could feel aggression there, not right. just from the character himself, but uh, in the writing. Um, I don't know. In my head, it's not what I expected to happen for the you know these characters as well, right? Uh, especially Gamora. Um, I, I don't know. Secretly, I was always kind of hoping like oh, maybe, maybe she'll somehow come back or get the memories of the other one. I don't know, but it's yeah. I, I kind of. I, f I felt it. <laughs> yeah, I felt like frustration, like for, especially from a writer's standpoint. You've built these characters up a certain way, and then you know you have this big event, which is very common in comic books. You, you'll see that a lot happen whenever there's a big event. They have to shift the status quo and write characters into a certain corner that maybe they shouldn't have been written to in the first place. I really felt that with Gamora's character, and I think it felt like it changed the story. Julie, would you agree too? Because in this movie, we also get some of Peter Quill's like. Uh, backstory ish kind of thing where suddenly he's remembering he had a grandfather that he left on earth. And uh, did you feel like that was kind of just like shoehorned into this movie? Cause I, that's how I felt. I felt like they had to find a way to kind of recourse the story with Peter and make it a little more interesting. Cause there really wasn't much there, I think. Yeah. And I feel like, well, I mean, they made the family connection I, for Peter in the story, you know, while he is fighting so hard for, you know, 
Gamora to remember and for her affections to be returned. They also try to do this family spin on him because now he does know he has a sister in Mantis. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know if he brings it up or if another character says, oh, well, you still have family on Earth. Um, and I think we, when we talked about it after the movie, I was complaining about something. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, he's always been kind of like a womanizer, right? And then he had Gamora. He doesn't have Gamora anymore. So now it is his time to kind of focus on family, maybe focus on what was lost. Um, I, while I do feel like it was shoehorned to kind of give him a conclusion that was away from the Guardians by the end of this movie, um, you know, I think that was just kind of a way to get him back to Earth. Yeah, and again, they had to kind of deal with the whole Gamora situation because I guess James Gunn didn't want them to just like clichely end up together by the end of the movie. He wanted to Which I'm glad they didn't. Different. Yeah, I think so, especially with the way that the story decided to go. I, I think that was the best choice. But them aside, uh, everybody else, I think, again, did a really serviceable job. Uh, Dave Bautista as Drax is always phenomenal. I'm really going to miss him. I know he said that no matter whatever happens in the future, like he was done playing Drax. Like this was the last time. And I'm going to miss him. I, I think he had some of the better character development. Uh, he's the one I think that was probably maybe the most uneven within the Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy storylines from starting as someone who just said the wrong thing but meant the right thing to devolving into a complete idiot by the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, which they do address that by the end of the movie, to be fair. You know, he James Gunn does address it like, you know, I'm not an idiot. You guys just don't really understand what I'm saying and how I react to things. And I, I can appreciate that. It kind of was like a little bit of a course correction for the character. Uh, Nebula, played by uh, Karen Gillian, who I absolutely love, you know, from Doctor Who fame and whatnot. Uh, she had like the best character growth out of everyone who's changed a complete 180 from her first time around and those are the kind of characters i think james gunn does the best when he takes a really rotten character and kind of like turns them into someone that we actually root for and cheer for cheer for uh we've seen that with his most recent efforts in like the peacemaker series where he's taken someone who we should really despise but we end up actually kind of caring for and you know enjoying their presence by the end uh mantis also does a great job uh palm uh, Kevin Tiff, I, I believe I'm, can't say her last name. I have a hard time. I apologize. Uh, she did a phenomenal job. She's also seeing currently a, uh, you know, an applause in the new Mission Impossible movie. So good for her. She's continuing her career. That's that's really exciting. Um, again, Vin Diesel as Groot is Groot. Groot really doesn't have much of a presence in this movie besides being teenage Groot, which is absolutely fine. You know, we kind of did the Groot story early on, but I think this is college frat boy Groot. College frat boy Groot, maybe. Yeah, that that, that would be accurate, but. The star of the show, like we've kind of said before, is Rocket himself, voiced brilliantly by Bradley Cooper, who brings all his Oscar Academy Award uh, acting skills to a little raccoon who's been tragically uh, had surgery on and manipulated by a terrible system. Uh, you know, PETA probably had a field day with this movie with some of the stuff we saw in here. Um, you know what? It's... I, I have a little bit of an issue with it, not from that, that side of it, obviously, but from the pacing of the movie. Now, did either of you guys think it did affect the pacing of this movie? Uh, because I felt like Rocket, the story is really good, and it's really interesting. It's really emotional. I am not going to lie to you. By the time we got to the end, when we saw like his family, uh, his new found family of creations, I genuinely did tear for like a hot second towards the end it struck a chord with me uh there, there really are really strong emotional bits that i was super surprised that it was able to hit for me uh especially with my you know heart of ice over here I, I again it really surprised me what it was able to get out of me but throughout the whole movie i just felt like it was a little too much with the rest of the plot did either of you feel that when watching this film 
I think, uh, especially with Adam Warlock thrown into the mix too, mm -hmm. he seems kind of out of place or just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, by the way, this guy's here too. Don't forget. Right. Um, between him, the villain was kind of a little, it was okay. Like, I, he was, I don't know. It, it seemed, I guess, it was nice to get a change of pace from uh, other villains where it's kind of not a, uh, galactic scale is more right. you know i guess home turf if you will right um so i guess maybe that helped it but i, I think th i mean the biggest thing that i noticed was uh, adam warlock just kind of like shoehorned into the movie right and it does because again and for the for context here adam warlock uh, played by will poulter who did a really good job I, I really do like will poulter not to take anything away from his performance uh, another james gunn find here i think that he cast very well uh but this movie is quite the serious movie, especially with those rocket scenes. Uh, this movie is the darkest of the franchise, I would say. It's one of the darker Marvel films in general, I would think, especially the irony of that being Guardians always felt like the most fun, fancy-free kind of the series with the most jokes, the most fun. Uh, this movie really isn't that. It really is a journey of Rocket and what he's gone through in his life. And like Adam's saying here, we have uh, Adam Warlock kind of thrown in here who's like an antagonist that's chasing after the Guardians of the Galaxy throughout the movie uh, for a time, and then he disappears, and then he randomly shows up again at the end, which is kind of... I feel like he just felt like he had to honor that request that he had at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 where Adam Warlock is coming and, you know, he had to honor that. And maybe another movie would have helped that in some context where we got to see more of Adam Warlock. But I don't know, maybe if he was introduced in the Avengers as another antagonist or something along those lines. But I felt like he just needed to honor a request and it does feel tacked on. I, I do agree 100% with you, Adam. I think we could have left him out and... I don't know how much it would have changed, right? I, I don't know. Do you think it would have really changed the plot at all by him not being in there? <laughs> not really. Yeah. Not really. I don't know. He just kind of existed. Right. Now, what do you think, Julie? Now, do you think, because again, I think my, again, my main issue really is just, I think the rocket scenes themselves could have been its own, you know, the, Disney likes to do these spinoff series and these spinoff movies and stuff that this really could have been its own mini series, its own like special Really, and I, I think it might have been maybe more powerful to some extent if we got this as a standalone. What do you think, Julie? Do you think it was well done? Do you think it could have been done better? I don't think it would have been as effective if it was in a standalone special. I think, okay. I don't know, the movie was definitely long. Like Adam said, there's things that could have been trimmed out. Um, and sometimes you did get that whiplash of being, you know, put into a flashback that's really heavy and then being thrust back into like an action scene or more comedic scene. I can't really think of a better way to do it. And I feel like it had to be in the movie to increase the emotional stakes because through the majority of the movie, you know, aside from the flashbacks, Rocket is essentially like comatose, you know, hanging on by a thread. And that's the whole thing is they're trying to save Rocket. Um, so that balanced with those flashbacks of seeing where he came from and what happened to his family, I feel like heightened that emotional connection of like, we need to save rocket. Yeah. And but, when you, and when yeah. You, yeah. And when you get the scenes kind of like you said, I, and I, I could see that side of it with, um, Peter's like on top of rocket as like the machines going off that he's flatlining <sighs> and he's like screaming and he's like yelling into the cam, like, damn. That was pretty intense. I, you know, again, I did not expect that from this movie. And it seems like those where, 
you know, the emotion's so high, but then we go to a scene where Nathan Fillon's in like a giant, like puffy or alien suit or whatever. And he's like joking with Peter Quill about like womenizing and stuff like that. I'm like, what, what the hell is this movie sometimes? And Peter got, or James Gunn, I should say for the most part, uh, he's not always the most elegant writer when it comes to transitioning from serious material to the the joking material. He definitely is a little bit to be desired, uh, more so in his early career. I felt like he's he'd overcome that a little bit, but I guess with some of the groundwork and the story that he wanted to tell here, it, it was necessary. Uh, so I, I think you are going to get tonal whiplash at times, but if you can get past that, there's a lot to have here. There's a lot of real amazing enjoyment, I think, in this movie. Uh, something else, just real quick. Uh, Adam touched on this. Chikwudi Uruji. I'm so sorry if I said your name wrong. Who played the High Evolutionary? Uh, I think Adam's right to some extent. Um, it is nice to have a smaller villain in this movie, a more personal villain with Rocket. I think the issue that it becomes too, though, is his beef is with Rocket and not the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I understand, you know, all for one, one for all, kind of like, oh, if they're if they're against, if he's against Rocket, we're against him too. His his issues and his story really only seem to affect Rocket and like this whole, you know, he has this idea of creating like a master alien race of other hybrid creatures to, you know, make the perfect world and all that. But again, his beef's really with Rocket, essentially. So when you have to throw the other Guardians into that story, he doesn't seem as threatening to that extent, which he is a phenomenal actor. I thought he was he did a really good job and I really did like him. But Adam, I, I think I agree with you with what you said. Um, What do you think? I, I think, too, that. He's just—he's not so much a threat to the whole Guardians. He is—he's a little bit—he's a little bit weak in those terms, as, as far as you know, a counterpart to what's going on. Yeah, it, it's—I uh, don't know. I—I I, I just wish that there were other things done for this movie. But um, I do think that it, the, the the movie definitely focuses on like family and friendship. Right. So I guess this kind of coincides with that, you know, because they're defending you know rocket and whatnot so in that regard i don't necessarily hate it um i i think i think it was you know well executed for what we got i think yeah i think so too and i feel like i'm being a little negative with this movie because i don't want that to come across that way i think they do a lot of really great things things that james gunn has done again he brought these characters he made these no-name characters and let's be honest here for the most part they are no-name comic book heroes he made them almost household names to most extents when you talk about these kind of characters people know who the guardians of the galaxy are now for a strong reason and they are the strongest characters written next to maybe tony stark i would argue within the whole marvel cinematic universe like i know their personalities and when i saw them wrong in the Avengers movies, it stood out to me. And now that they're back to the way they're supposed to be, it completely makes sense. And they are that strong of a written character. It's just, uh, you know, again, it's just these small hurdles. I think that they stand out a little bit more. And with this being like the final movie, I think it also stands out a bit more too. Uh, this movie also, you know, James Gunn, he knows the soundtrack. He kind of kicked off that whole uh, thing we're seeing now, I think in Hollywood films where we have to have a poppin', you know, uh, themed soundtrack. Uh, this one was very, uh, very suiting, I think, to the film. Uh, what did you think, Julie? I know you were big on the soundtrack for this movie. I love the soundtrack. Every song hit in the exact way James Gunn intended it for. Um, with the opening, like, acoustic creep. Yeah, that um, was really was good. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on the other song, but I love that. Like, when they're in space and stuff like that, that was cool. And then the ultimate finale of Dog Days Are Over 
was just the cherry on top. And I, every time I hear that song now, I just think of the guardians just full on dancing. Like there's no tomorrow. And it brings a smile to your face. Um, and I love it. It's interesting too. Like this, um, soundtrack was like a deviation from like the eighties. This one had a lot more like late nineties, early two thousands, you know? Um, so as, as per usual, James Gunn did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think so. And I think like you said, dog, dog days are over. It was really like this, this really, uh, uh I really needed that revitalizing ending theme to this movie. And it, it really played and made me feel sad, but happy at the same time, which I think is the point of that song. Yeah. And someone had pointed out, I know you had talked about Drax, you know, being called an idiot and standing up for himself, but in each movie, he makes a comment like, oh, well, dancing's just for idiots. And like, oh, they're like, oh, you're going to dance? No, dancing's for idiots. And then sure enough, at the end of the movie, he joins in in the dancing and the revelry, just kind of accepting, you know, I am a fun-loving idiot in my own way. Yeah, exactly. And then again, that's a lot about what this movie is. Um, The only character, I guess, that really didn't get like, maybe arguably the best send-off. I don't know how you guys felt. Mantis felt like maybe she was the one who was kind of left out of like the, the happy endings. She's just like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I have two big guys to protect me. Cause she finds these like two monsters on the spaceship and she kind of wrangles them together to be her, like her, her bodyguards. I don't know. I just felt like her maybe was like the weakest out of the endings. What'd you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember. I think she said what she was going to do. I can't even, I couldn't she's, even tell you now what she said. She was just going to like, find someone or yeah, find her own path and stuff like that, which I'm like, which is, fine. I don't know. It's disappointing for me because Mantis um, became like a quick favorite of mine um, mm-hmm. upon her introduction in volume two. And then seeing her in subsequent things, I loved her relationship with Drax. So I was sad to see the two of them parting too. I was hoping, you know, wherever both of their stories would end, it would end up together on some kind of journey. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a little sad for me. Yeah. I think hers was probably the weakest because we'll see her again, probably. Yeah, I, I could make that argument. That and, would be my uh, guess. Yeah, and the end of the movie, um, it does set up, I guess, a future of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, by the end of this movie, we are introduced to a, I guess the spoilers really kind of at this point, uh, we are introduced to a new Guardians of the Galaxy, a new team formed by new members. And it's a fun little send-off. Rocket's now become the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Peter Quill has gone back home to visit his family. And in the end credits, it just says, uh, Peter Quill will return. Uh, So I'm not sure what that means for his character. I know they haven't really announced anything as of yet. I know they were talking maybe some kind of like uh, Peter Quill like spinoff series, maybe on planet Earth or something along those lines. I don't know. Do you guys feel like you really want that? I feel like the story's fine just the way it is. I'm kind of just happy with him going back to Earth and the story being done at that point. You know, he had his journey from childhood to adulthood, and now he's back home to kind of get his life back together. I kind of like the, the thematic feeling of that. You know, I don't know if I really want anything else attached to it. I agree, because I don't even know what would be involved in the show, because in my mind, like, he's going back on Earth to live, like, a normal human life. And um, do we want a show of that? Maybe like a special, but it's going to be like fish out of water kind of scenario where he's like trapped in the eighties and having to get used to modern earth. But I don't even think it would be that bad. Is this when he turns into Andy from parks and rec and it starts. Exactly. (laughs) He meets April lucky. And yeah, Yeah, that's how it happened. He changes his name and starts his life over. (laughs) What did you think, Adam? Do you think it was, would you want to see something like that from them with the star Lord show? I don't know. I'm hesitant because, you know, James Gunn wouldn't be involved. So it's it's a little concerning 
Right. Um, but I mean, if it turns out to be like some sort of, you know, him trying to get reacclimated to, you know, today's day and age, I think that might be an entertaining show. Yeah. So, I could see like knows? a low budget, like camera comedy. Yeah. Uh, similar to Parks and Rec, I guess you could say, with uh, yeah. Star Lord. It, it could be kind of fun. Chris Pratt even if they did a actor uh, to do that, I think. If they did like those Thor skits with him and the roommate. Actually, something like that. I completely forgot about that till just now. Okay, you know, maybe I am kind of cheering for it a little bit. I, that's something I might want. It would have to be a limited engagement thing. I could, I couldn't do like seasons upon seasons of it. Yeah, no, I think it'd have to be a very short, you know, just fun little series. And you know what? Again, like I said, you know, if you were feeling superhero burnout, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is something to like just read, rejuvenate you slightly because it did for me. It made me really remember why I fell in love with this story, why I fell in love with these characters and more so why I think the Marvel universe, when it's working, it really works. And this is the perfect example of that. So I think we're at that point. We're going to put a big number on this one, guys. I'm going to give guardians of the galaxy volume three, a nine out of 10. She was my girlfriend only. She doesn't remember it because it wasn't her because her dad threw off a magic cliff and she died. And then I lost my temper and nearly destroyed half the universe. And she came back out of the past. There she is. Everyone else who died in the past stayed dead. Not her. Why? Was it the magic cliff? I don't know. That's some freaking Infinity Stone scientist. And some dumbass Earth dude who met a girl, fell in love. That girl died. And then came back a total dick. You left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. I had a good time with this. I think it really is a phenomenal movie. Is it my favorite out of the Guardians movies? I'd have to think about it. I, I still have like such a huge soft spot for one and maybe even a little bit more so for two because there's stuff I think they really did that really excelled the universe, in my opinion, for that movie. But three is a very satisfying conclusion. And it is one of the best, if not the best, offering from the Marvel Universe currently that we have right now. Uh, James Gunn's magnum opus of these characters really just comes to a surprisingly satisfying close for me. Uh, I think everything, for the most part, works. Rocket is a, an amazing character, an amazing depth. Who would have thought he could have given that to a raccoon? I certainly don't think he could have. You know, anyone else could have, besides James Gunn, really, at this point. But I think this movie is worth your time. And, you know, if you ever get the chance, if you haven't seen the others, just go through a quick marathon, jump into Volume 3. You're not going to regret it. This is a phenomenal film, and why James Gunn is one of the best directors working today. I, I think this is pure evidence of that. Adam, how about you? What do you think of this one? Okay, considering my grading scale from previous uh, or more more recent Marvel films, I think I'm going to give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a 9.1 out of 10. And I'm only saying you are upset because so many of the people you cared about have left you, but you also left someone. And maybe I wanted a Zark nut. It's too late. They're all gone. I definitely think this is one of the stronger Marvel movies that's come out, especially in this phase alone. Yes. Um, I would have liked to see some other things and maybe, you know, cut out a couple other scenes, but for the most part, I, I really enjoyed this film. I would happily watch this one again. 
Yeah, no, I, I was looking forward to actually watching this again after I saw it in theaters mm-hmm. just to catch everything that I missed because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, there's a lot jam-packed into this movie at a two-hour and 30-minute runtime. Uh, this one does feel long, though, I will say, and kind of like Adam said, I think we could have trimmed a little bit here, extended a little bit more here with some of our characters that we, we already know and love and kind of remove some of these extra characters that were thrown in a, just, just a little bit. But again, I, I do think this is a very superior Marvel movie right now. If not, again, one of the best in this phase. And that maybe that's not saying much, but I, I think it is. I think this is a really great movie. Julie, how about you? What do you think of this one? I'm going to give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a 9.3 out of 10. Push down on it. What? Push it down. I am pushing down on it. Push the button. It looks like you're pushing the keyhole. The what? There's a button under the handle. Press that in. Okay. Now what? Open the fucking door. That is a stupid design. And your instructions were very unclear. While this isn't my favorite out of the three Guardians movies, it packed the most emotional punch. Um, and, you know, was a satisfying conclusion to characters that we've, you know, watched grow and that we love. Um, the reason it's not higher really is just length. Um, and maybe just like overall flow of the story. Um, but, you know, I am very sad that we're not going to be, you know, suiting up with the Guardians once again. At least we hope not, I guess. Maybe that's what we should uh, Yeah, <laughs> you know, while I'm sad, I think it's best to end on a high. Yeah, you know, I'd rather go back and watch these movies, you know, a thousand times than see maybe anything else from another director who doesn't understand these characters or... You know, again, there is opportunity, I think, especially with the ending for maybe a new story to be told with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, But as long as I see Rocket and Groot and Nebula and those characters kind of attached to the series, those are always going to be James Gunn's characters. So you got to be it's going to be tough to write for them. You know, Rocket just can't be angry all the time. Rocket has to have that emotional layer that we need. And James Gunn was able to capture that uh, better than I think anybody else was able to. And, you know, Disney's not on really a hot streak right now. Uh based on some things I've heard about Secret Invasion, based on when this movie's coming out, it, it's not so great. Uh, the movies in the future, I mean, we have, what, the Marvels, I think, are coming. Um, th- there's really not much to look forward to right now as far as, you know, the, the films that they're producing. And I, I don't know what would fix that. I don't know. And that, that's maybe a whole discussion for another video. But again, Guardians of the Galaxy, if maybe there was a time for me personally to kind of bow out of the Marvel Universe for a little bit, this might be my ticket to kind of take out of it because I think this was a really phenomenal movie. And if I think I'm, if I'm going to take a break, I think this might be the movie I end with, but let me know what you guys think in the comments. Did you enjoy this? What's your favorite Guardians of the galaxy movie? First one, second one, third one, let me know. Hell, even the Christmas special. If you really enjoyed that, let me know what you guys think, but thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of the real review. My name's Kevin. That's Adam and Julie. We are your real movie guys, real guys, real movies, real thoughts. We'll catch you next time. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.